Good evening, everyone. Let's go ahead and start with Acts chapter number 17. Acts chapter number 17. We're going to begin reading in verse number 16. Now, when Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. Therefore disputed he in the synagogue with the Jews and with devout persons and in the market daily with them that met with him. Then certain philosophers of the Epicureans and the Stoics encountered him, and some said, What will this babbler say? Others, some he seemed to be a setter forth of strange gods, because he had preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. And they took him and brought him to Areopagus, saying, May we know what this new doctrine whereof thou speakest is, for thou bringest certain strange things to our ears. We would know, therefore, what these things mean. And all of the Athenians and strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with the inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands, as though he needed anything, seeing that he giveth to all life and breath and all things. And he made of one blood all nations of men, for to dwell on all the face of the earth and have determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. And they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone or graven by art and men's device. And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent, because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness, and that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, in that he hath raised him from the dead. And when they had heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, and others said, We will hear thee again of this matter. So Paul departed from among them, howbeit certain men clave unto him, and believed, among which was Dionysus, and the woman named Damarius, 
and others with them. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for this day and, and how you've blessed us. Lord, continue to watch over, protect each and every family uh, from this coronavirus. Lord, we look forward to the day that we can meet back in the house of God. Uh, we're thankful, Lord, for the technology that allows us right now to be able to get the word out. I pray, Lord, that you'd bless each family, provide their needs, and just help us to serve you uh, during these times. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right, Acts chapter number 17. Here we have Paul uh, coming into Athens. Now, Athens was the cultural center of the world at that time. Uh, it was also a city filled with idolatry. Now, there were so many altars built for all these little GODSs, and there was just so many of them that they didn't want to leave any out. So they made one of the altars for the unknown God. And Greek religion was just basically a deification of human attributes and the powers of nature. They had plenty of deities uh, that they could choose from. There were so many of them. And in fact, it was told that when you would go to Athens, you could meet a god before you could meet a man. There were more gods than there were men in Athens. That's how bad it was. And so these mythical gods and goddesses uh, acted more like, when you read about them, they acted more like humans than they did gods. And when we look at this, the, the Bible tells us that the Apostle Paul, uh, in verse number 16, it says, Now while Paul waited for them at Athens, that was talking about Silas and Timothy were supposed to come uh, later. He says, while he was waiting, his spirit stirred in him. And when he saw, uh, when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. So this word here, Stirred means to stimulate, spur on, to urge, to irritate, provoke, arouse, to anger. Uh, the fact that this city was just filled with idolatry, it stirred up Paul to want to preach the gospel, the true gospel. And so we see there that in verse number uh, 17, it tells us he disputed in the synagogue with the Jews uh, that's where he usually went when he went to different cities. He would start with the synagogues and, and dispute. Here, he, He's arguing with them, giving his point of what's true and compared to what they were saying was true. Uh, and it tells us he disputed with them and with that devout persons and in the market daily with them that met with him. So here he is. He's, he's uh, basically talking uh, with the other people and basically disputing what they were saying and trying to give them the truth. Uh, they met in the market. The market, uh, the Greek word was agora. That's, that's where they met. And uh, many people would meet in those marketplaces buying and selling goods. And of course, many of them, uh, because of all the different philosophies and everything else that were going on, many of them would sit there and talk with one another. I believe this, I believe this, this is why I believe that. And and so he met with them and, and what's wonderful about it is it said he met daily with them. In other words, he wanted to give the gospel out each and every day. 
And we look at this, and the Bible tells us in verse number 18, and certain philosophers of the Epicureans and of the Stoics encountered him. Now, the Epicureans believed that happiness was the chief end of life. They were pleasure seekers, and they didn't believe in a resurrected body. And you got the Stoics, and they were pantheistic in nature. In nature. They basically tolerated all the gods that supposedly were, but they thought that you should flee from passion. Uh, they were unmeet, unmoved by grief and joy. And so they were very stoic. That's where we get that word is, is they didn't show emotion. And they tried to, you know, it was essentially them trying to live the right kind of life. In other words, they were wanting to get the credit. And so when we see these two, uh, that's what they come in contact with. It says, what will this babbler say? Uh, they were just saying he was just talking empty talk. And the Bible tells us here that it said, uh, what will this babbler say? Other some, he seemeth, to be a setter forth of strange gods because he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. Now, as I said, many of them didn't believe in the resurrection. Now, while some of them taught a spiritual resurrection, uh, the Epicureans uh, believe more of a, a spiritual one, but not a body resurrection. So when Paul comes and talks about Jesus and Paul comes and talks about the resurrection, they looked at both of them as being strange gods, that Jesus was a strange God and, and the bodily resurrection was a strange God. And so when we look at this, uh, it's interesting here that, you know, they still wanted to hear him. They wanted to hear what he had to say. And, and you know, that's interesting that a lot of times when we go out and we tell people about Jesus and witness to him, a lot of them don't want to hear what we have to say. But a lot of times we get people that do want to hear what we have to say. And so when we look at this and see what's going on here, the Bible tells us uh, in verse 19, and they took him and brought him unto Areopagus, saying, may we know what this new doctrine whereof thou speakest is. Now, Areopagus was a council that had charge of religious and educational matters in the city of Athens. And they were on a hill that was called Aris, and it was west of the Acropolis. Now, they were curious to hear. Notice they called it a new doctrine. The problem was it wasn't a new doctrine. It was the original doctrine. It's the old doctrine, amen? Because Jesus has always been but to them, it was a new doctrine and they were curious to know what it was about. And when we look at this and see their curiosity allowed Paul to witness. They didn't shut him. You know, some cities he went into, they shut him down. They didn't want to hear about Jesus and the resurrection. They didn't want to hear those things. They were allowing him a platform to be able to talk about God. Now, when we look at this, it tells us here that uh, in verse number 20, he says, 
for thou bringest certain strange things to our ears. We would know, therefore, that these things mean. In other words, we want to know what it means. Tell us specifically what you're trying to get at as far as, as your God compared to our God. And the Bible tells us in verse number 22, then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. Now that word uh, superstitious there was speaking about the religion. They were too religious. They were filled with the religion. They had all kinds of beliefs and everything else. And he's saying, you were too religious. Listen, religion didn't save me. Religion didn't save you. You can't be saved by religion. You're only saved by a person, Jesus Christ. He's the only one that saves. And so when we look at this and see, he's basically saying, you guys are too religious. And notice he said, for I passed by and beheld your devotions. Now find an altar with the inscription to the unknown God. As I said, they wanted to make sure that everybody could go there and worship their God. And so they were afraid that maybe we left someone else's out. So they left this altar up that was to the unknown God. In other words, if yours is not here, you can worship this. And so the Bible tells us that Paul said, this is an opportunity. They don't know the one true God. So to them, that God is unknown. And that's who I'm going to preach to him about. Notice he says, uh, I found an altar with the inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. He said, I'm going to tell you about the unknown God to you. And so he begins and proceeds to tell first about the creator God. Verse number 24, this shows the greatness of God. He said, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in the temples made with hands. Here he's talking about the creation, how God created, amen? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. When we go to the book of John, uh, let's go to the book of John, chapter number one. Here it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. And notice this part. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. So here he's telling us, this is the one true God. This is the God you don't know and I'm gonna tell you about. Your gods didn't create anything. My God created the universe. And so then, as he tells them about here, he says in verse number 24, God hath made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. He said, all your statues and all your little temples, he said, that's where you put your so-called gods in. He said, mine can't be contained in a building. And so here he's saying, my God, is uncontainable. You can't contain him in a certain set spot. He's everywhere. And so when we look at this, we see that he's shown God as creator. Then he shows God as provider. Notice verse number 25. Neither is worship with men's hands as though he needeth anything. 
a lot of these people would bring certain things to their God. And he was saying, he didn't, you know, he said, your God may need something, but my God doesn't. Notice what he says here. He says, as though he need anything, seeing he giveth to all life. Amen. Our God has gives us life. And it says, and breath and all things. Our God is a provider. Amen. He's a creator and he's a provider. He provides us with all things. Their gods didn't provide them with anything. Their gods couldn't respond to them. And our God speaks to us. Amen. Those that are saved, we have the Holy Spirit in us. We're sealed until the day of redemption. And he speaks to our hearts. Now we know he don't talk in an audible, he doesn't talk in an audible voice, but he has that still small voice that he impresses you. He impresses your heart about certain things. And so here we have a God that provides. He takes care of us, amen? David, the psalmist said that he had never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging bread. Amen. He provides for us. He provides everything for us. And so when we look at this, we see that Paul is starting out by telling, listen, my God's the creator. And then he says, my God is the provider. And then when he comes to verse number 26, he's basically saying, my God is ruler. Notice what he says in 26. And hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. Now, what it's saying here is, look how powerful our God is. Our God created the universe and he created mankind. And so here he's talking about the fact that the blood of all nations of men. Now, a lot of times we look and say, you know, this race is this, you know, you have a Hispanic race, you have a white race, you have an Asian race. You know, we look at different, but there's only, there's the human race. And that's what he's talking about is that God put all these nations on the face of the earth and hath determined the times before appointed. He had a, a time appointed for you. He had a time appointed for me. He put me in a certain place. He put those in a certain place. So he's been in control of everything. A lot of times we look and, and think, you know, this world is just going crazy. You know, why is this happening? Uh, you know, some people think that God's up there wringing his hands saying, what am I going to do? God's in control. God can take care of everything. He is ruler. Amen. He's ruling this world. Amen. Satan is only allowed to do what he can do. God can stop him at any moment. He allows things to happen, but God's in control. And so when we look at this, he's talking about the fact that, you know, there are different times and, and the bounds of habitation. This time is an undetermined time. Listen, we don't know when the Lord's coming back. We know he's coming back, but we don't know when. And so he's determined that time. God's determined that because he's in control. He rules, he reigns, amen? And so the Bible tells us that they should seek that they should seek the Lord if haply they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. Now, I've, I've said this many times that a lot of people will say, you know, uh, 
you know, I was lost and one day I found him. You didn't find him. He found you. And so what this is talking about is they were stumbling, looking for a God to fill their need. They didn't know the true God. And many of these people were filling their need, trying to fill their heart with their gods and they weren't satisfied. None of them were satisfied. Only Jesus satisfies. And so when we look at this, he's saying that you're just stumbling around trying to find something. And, and that, you know, in my testimony, a lot of times when I talk about that, I talk about the fact that I knew there was a void in my heart and nothing could fill it. And I was looking for something that would fill it. Now, that wasn't that I was seeking God because God was seeking me. He was showing me through the Holy Spirit that there's something missing in your life. You need something and I have it. And when I heard the gospel preached and I heard that I was a sinner in need of the Savior and that the Savior came and died for my sins. And if I put my faith and trust in him, he will save me. And when that was brought about to me, see what he was doing, he was seeking me out. And then all of a sudden, you know, when I heard the gospel and when it convicted my heart, and one day I went down that altar and I got saved, gloriously saved. And you know what? That, that void was filled. I never needed anything else. Amen. He filled that void that no one else could. Nothing could fill that except Christ. And so here he is. He's the ruler. It says in verse number 28, for in him we live and move and have our being as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. Now this word offspring is talking about the fact that we are all created in the image of God. This offspring is not talking about the children of God. It's talking about mankind. Amen. We're all, the Bible tells us, we're all created in the image of God. Saved people, lost people, whole, the whole mankind is created in the image of God. That's what it's talking about here as far as the offspring. Verse 29, for as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead, just get that? We ought not to think that the Godhead is likened to gold or silver or stone graven by art and man's device. He said, you people have taken, have taken the one true God and have rejected him and created your own gods with your hands. And he said, you know, the gold, the silver, the stone, the graven image. Listen, we have a jealous God. He, he gave Moses the, the 10 commandments. We weren't to have those graven images, amen? Because God can't be contained. All their, all their statues and everything else, listen, they can't hear, they can't see, they can't help you, but our God can. And so here he is trying to tell them, listen, listen, we have the creator God, the provider God, the ruler God, and lastly, we have the savior. And here we see the grace of God. Notice verse number 30, verse number 30. It says, and the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. And what's he saying here? 
Notice he said they were ignorant. Now this word here, and the times of this ignorance, this word ignorance here means lack of knowledge. They didn't have the knowledge of the one true God. And notice he says, and at times of this ignorance, God winked at. Now what's that phrase there mean, winked at? It means he overlooked it. Amen. Our God is long suffering, not willing that any should perish, but all that should come to repentance. So God overlooked it is what it was saying there. And notice it says here, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. So God is presented as the creator. God is presented as the creator in his past work. And then here, God is presented as the redeemer in the present work. Notice that what he said there, because he had pointed it uh, in verse number 30. It says, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Now it talks, we talked about the past work, the present work, and then there's the future work. He's presented as the judge in the future work. Notice verse number 31, because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness that by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men in that he hath raised him from the dead. So here he is talking about the future. He's gonna judge. He is the righteous judge, amen? Notice what it says there. He will judge the world in righteousness by that man. Who's that man? It's Jesus. By that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men that in he hath raised him from the dead. Who did he raise? God the Father raised up God the Son from the dead. And so here he's saying that, you know what? Because of this, he has the right to judge you. He paid the price for your sin. And if you reject him, he will judge you. But aren't you glad to know that he won't judge you as far as salvation, where you're gonna go, heaven or hell. He won't judge you in that if you've trusted him as your savior. And so here Paul has given a message basically saying, listen, my God is the creator of the universe. He's the provider, he's the ruler, and he's the savior. And so when we look at all this and put it all together, he, he just said, now, top, what do you have to, to, to go against that? They, they couldn't. Now, the Bible does tell us, notice what it says here in verse number 32. And when they heard of the resurrection of, did, of the dead, some mocked, there's always that crowd. There's always that crowd that will reject the Bible. They think the Bible is a fairy tale. They say all kinds of things, but you know what? They know that God exists. The Bible tells us that creation itself lets them know there's a God. I, I've tried to tell people before, you know, uh, when, when they start thinking, of, you know, that, well, I believe in evolution. I don't believe there's a God. Well, where did everything come from then? See, I believe... In the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. God's always been. He was there in the beginning. And they say, well, where did God come from? He's always been. Well, that doesn't make any sense. And I said, well, what do you believe? And of course, they believe in the Big Bang Theory. Well, some supposed speck of matter just explodes and we have a world. 
And I ask them, where did that speck come from? They don't know. But yet, theirs is right. Theirs makes no sense. Listen, you can go to, uh, you can go to any building. And I, I've used this before as an analogy. You can go to any building, take every part of a car, and you could throw one by one, throw them off the roof. Do you think there will ever be a time that you do this that it'll make a perfect car? No. There has to be a creator. There has to be people putting it together. Amen? A watchmaker. You know, a watch doesn't just, you know, come out of the water or come under the earth and you pick it up. No. Someone has to make it. There's someone that made it. And so here Paul has told them, listen, God is real. He's genuine. And they didn't believe him. Some mocked him because they didn't believe in the resurrection. I don't care if you believe in it or not. It's true. You know, just because you say, well, I'm not going to believe in the resurrection. That doesn't give you a pass. There's proof of the resurrection. History shows there was a resurrection. Whether you choose to believe it or not, there was a resurrection. Amen. And so the Bible tells us here that basically there were some people that mocked him. But notice what it said about some others. The others said, we will hear again of this matter. You know what? I remember the first time I heard the gospel, the true gospel. I didn't get saved that day. And I think if most people were honest, they didn't get saved the first time they heard the gospel, but they wanted to hear more. And they kept hearing more and hearing more. And then all of a sudden that conviction sets in. And then one day when that conviction sets in, they go and they get saved. Amen. They want to hear more. They're interested in wanting to know the truth. And it said, so Paul departed from among them. He left. And then it tells us about two people, two people that trusted Christ as their savior. Listen, his word will not return void. Now, a lot of people will look at this and say, you know, his visit to Athens was a failure. No, it wasn't. People got saved. You can't put a price on salvation. We know these two people that got saved, but I'm sure there are others, those that were saying, we want to hear more. There were others that got saved. We just don't know. It wasn't put in here. But you'll find that God's word never returns void. And aren't you glad we have the true God, amen? Their unknown God was the one true God and Paul let them know who he was. And it's our job to let everybody else know who the one true God is. God bless you.